0: Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Praise the Lord. You know, COVID is the best thing that happened to the church, okay? It really is. I mean, I've got to be honest because... It took the priority from these four walls out into the community. And I've heard people say, my light is only this big, but when the darkness is more intense, guess what? It may be as bright as the sun. We're all able to do something and make a difference, amen? And the Lord's been speaking to me very clearly that we need to have the authority of Christ in our relationship with people, our possessions, and our position. Okay, all three need to come into alignment. We need to be willing to humble ourselves and work with those around us. We need to give our provision. We need to give more and more and more. And you may say, well, I don't have much. God does not look at what we have. He looks at what we have left. Amen? And so we can all be a part of this great move of God that's going on. Um, Can we have this slide up of some of our missionaries? Uh, Thank you, Isaac. Some exciting news, Cruz was sharing with me last night. He said we've planted 86 churches in Brazil, and he's in Ecuador, but he's planted 86 churches in Brazil since the beginning of the year. He said 15 in the last two weeks. So God is moving, amen? This is an exciting time for the church. God is saying, get in your lane. It's time to get in your lane. This is not the time to say, where do I belong? God's saying, go do something, okay? Who remembers the threefold cord? Do you remember the threefold cord I shared with you all? Oh, everybody's looking a bit. You've got the prayers, the senders, and the goers. You've got intercession, you've got the finances, and you've got boots on the ground. So there's no excuse you can say, oh, I can't be involved in going. Well, you might be able to give. Well, I don't have much money and I can't go. Well, you can pray. And you know, what we're looking at doing here and are doing in this fellowship is we're sending people out into the community and there's some exciting things that are taking place right now. So what I would like to do first of all, our mission to Clay County is opening up again, praise the Lord. And Alan, I'd like um, Alan Tudor to come. In fact, you can stand there, brother. You don't need to walk up in. He's gonna share a little bit about what's coming up on November 6th. It's on,
2: brother. We have planned on going to Clay County in October of last year.
1: Okay. All right. We're, messing with the all right. We're messing with the sound. All right. Can but you, hear you know me, all one right? thing I want to share with Come over here, brother. Get away from that speaker. One thing I want to share, you know, this this guy reminds me of Paul. Paul got shipwrecked. He got shipwrecked except it has wheels on it. That's the only difference, okay? But he came out the other side strong and he was sharing with me how God has intensified the vision and calling on what God has laid on his life through that near-death experience, and He said it put him in his lane, and he's going 90 mile an hour. So, brother, share with us. Amen.
2: Yeah, we uh, we was planning on going October last year, but everything has been going into the country, the people wouldn't come out, and and I have that mandate to go to Clay County. Clay County is the poorest county in the United States. If you if you look on through the Google, whatever, you'll find out. And I thank God that he called me to go to Clay County, Kentucky. A lot of history in Clay County, Kentucky. And uh, so the first time in 15 years, she says, no, you can't come. It was the weirdest thing I ever heard in my life. I said, okay, sister. She said, the people won't come out. You know, when we go, some of you have been with us, we, we go out, we take a full truck. We took a semi full of food last time we went down and we minister and we always have signs and wonders great healing, salvations, everything. God always shows up. So I, when I got back from the hospital from my accident in April, talked to her and they still still going through the same thing. So a couple weeks ago, I called her, totally different this time. Alan, will you please come? We have no food. All of her resources have been cut off. She has nothing. And I, uh, I told Pastor and, and I told Andrew, I said, we've got to go. So we're going to go November 6th, which is next Saturday. We're just taking food down, and we're going to go down and love on the people and see what the Holy Ghost wants to do. I know it's ordained of God because he told me. So be praying for us on this trip next, just a handful of us going, to go down and love on the people. Pray for us. And if you want to give anything, just designate it to Clay County, Kentucky. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, brother. God bless. So November 6th, if you want to be a part of that, then see our brother and get involved. Amen. Well, praise God, our next uh, missionary that we're going to, uh, missionaries, is John and Julie Wright are going to come in live. They're coming in from Canada, and you know the work that they do in Kyrgyzstan. So guys, are you online? Uh, Bringing them up now. Thanks, Isaac. Give it up for Isaac, because it pulls all the things together. Amen. Amen. Thank you
0: right now so yes so all right so hey so hey makers i'm in my office right now i'm hitting away we're going live with the rights so this is john and julie wright they're missionaries we support Uh, they minister in the nation of kyrgyzstan which is the hardest country in the world to spell i always misspell it um uh, but we have been supporting them now for many years they are a part of our makers family and i'm just so glad that you guys could join us on this mission sunday
3: all right thank you so much blessing to be here
0: I, I told I, church, I told them that they're due to come back here and then we need to get a team to head over there soon and just see, I've never seen, um, w- uh, church, what God has done in their ministry as they feed the orphans, minister to the widows and just bless an entire nation. It's incredible to see what God has done through the rights and their yes to the Lord, uh, because you guys were just folks that love Jesus and the Lord called you and you said, yes, isn't that right?
3: that's
0: great that's so so beautiful so let's do this guys first things first tell us how you guys are doing currently
3: we're doing well we're tired of being locked down in canada uh but we're really looking forward to heading back to kyrgyzstan they've just lifted our travel restrictions in canada so we're allowed to go and uh we're hoping to get back to kyrgyzstan right after christmas we have Uh some uh flight vouchers that we need to use by the end of the year. So we're hoping to take advantage of that and be there for four or five weeks. So we'll be there for New Year's and the Russian Christmas.
0: I, I love it. That's that's incredible. Uh, well, so, so do this, guys. You guys are doing well. Your family's doing good. How is Kyrgyzstan and the ministry, uh, the incredible supernatural ministry you guys are leading there?
3: Well, it's been quite something. We uh, went into this whole COVID mess in really tight financially. and and uh, But we were thinking spring's right around the corner. The guest house is going to open. Uh, we have teams coming, so we we're going to be back at it. And then COVID hit, and the guest house shut down. the Everything closed up. And then the needs of the people became above and beyond anything we ever could have imagined. And the provision of God multiplied with that. Uh since this whole thing has started, we've never had a moment where we've been able to have finances dictate to us what we are going to do. When the need was there, we've been able to meet it. Thousands of people, we've been able to bring is- a supply of groceries to. Uh, like right now, we're just into the heating system. The, uh, there's coal shortages because uh, China is, has a shortage of coal, so they're gobbling up all available coal. And that's the main source of heat. The other source of heat is electricity, and it was a drought this summer, so they're not generating enough electricity, so there's brownouts. Hmm. And uh, so we decided we were going to attempt to get coal. We have about 150 families that we wanted to get coal to, even though there was a shortage. And God just gave us favor with the coal yards and with the finances, and so far we have delivered coal to more than 150 families, (laughs) and we've been able to stockpile and ready for the winter. When people that don't even realize they're in trouble yet, we have stuff called set aside for them. So by January and February, we're gonna be able to step in and continue to bless them.
0: You know, I love it because you guys have you guys have seen Ephesians three twenty in your ministry that God does exceedingly abundantly above Mm -hmm that that you could ask or think and you guys have walked it out and i'm i'm just so grateful you guys keep saying yes and listen your guys faith to us and our church is such an inspiration because it hasn't been easy but god has been in it and so we're so grateful for how you guys lead with that kind of integrity and character um and so so you shared a little bit about the the wins and some of the details um is there anything else happening in kyrgyzstan with the ministry that, that you guys want to share that we can just celebrate with you guys today
4: well,
3: we've been able to really step up things with the farm itself. We, uh, right. we don't want to do, there's a saying, three hots and a cot, three meals and a bed. Like we want to be more than that, and we've always focused on life skills training. We've wanted to do, and in the last you know, six or eight months, we've been able to really develop that. God has brought us two other people to the farm that wow. are good, strong, well-trained believers. And we've been able to set up an apprenticeship program. One of the fellows, he works with the kids and does uh, carpentry, woodworking, uh, welding, bicycles, maintenance and repair. He also does uh, uh, kids programs up in the mountains with our kids and with village kids or real outreach through him. Another young fellow has just come back from Ukraine as a missionary. And uh, he does uh, once a week life skills classes with the boys and uh, has helped out with with uh, taking them shopping and all that type of stuff. So it's been a real blessing to see how that side of things has really played out and done well.
0: Uh, that, that is so beautiful, guys. Uh, you know, I was just telling the, the church a few minutes ago how the Lord keeps telling us to make room. Uh, because we're going to continue to expand. And the Lord pricked my heart to tell you guys, even right now, prophetically, get ready, you're going to expand again. You're going to continue to make room for what God is about to do. I mean, I feel that so much uh, over what God has, has said for you guys. So, man, we love you guys. We honor you guys. Um, what is there? Is there one or two things that we can just right now come into agreement and pray for you as you guys get ready to transition back to Kyrgyzstan?
3: Well, obviously, the big one would be Safety. Uh, that we are able to do this safely. We don't want to become spreaders bringing more trouble into the area. Sure. Uh, So how we can safely do that. Um, Another is, like you say, about expansion. Uh, Even as close as two days ago, we had another new boy to the farm. And every time a new person comes, we never turn them down, but when they come, uh, you know, you upset the apple cart every time, and then you start over again. So that transition, uh, we have, to, we need it to be smooth, and we pray God peace and blessing.
0: Uh, okay. okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, I know you guys can't see him, but church, I want you guys to stretch your hands toward the screen right now. And we're going to pray for the rights and we're going to declare favor, protection, expansion, health, and just, I believe just the abundance of heaven to sit on top right there at the farm in Kyrgyzstan over you guys in every way. So church, let's pray. Father, we thank you for John and Julie Wright. We thank you for the yes, Lord, that they said to you years ago and they have gone and they have God fulfilled. God, they have made disciples. God, they have made a difference. They have ministered to the orphan, to the widow. And Lord, we come into agreement right now, God, that their best is not behind them, but their best is ahead of them. And so Lord, we thank you, God, that God, they're gonna see divine protection divine health, God, supernatural favor and expansion. As they step back into Kyrgyzstan, continue to send them people and leaders that they may equip to lead what you're doing and continue to use them, God, to save, Lord, not just a city, but Father, save a nation. God, may all the Islam, God, that's there in that country, may it turn to Christianity. May the kingdom expand and Jesus be glorified and use this precious family to do great things. And we declare that in Jesus' undefeated name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Guys, Listen, Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, we love you guys so much. We can't wait to see you. Keep updating. Uh, the people are clapping right now uh, because they love you and they I honor you. God. And we bless you guys in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Thank you so,
0: Thank much. You so much
1: for having us. Real blessing. All right. Bye guys. Bye right now. Bye. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that incredible? We love technology when it works. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to come right back locally again now. I'd like the Ormans to come forward, uh, Duff and Kim. Isn't it been wonderful what God's doing through this ministry? Eh? I tell you, what, if you if you haven't seen that trailer out there and the way they've got it set up, it, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? It's is pretty awesome. So I want them to share what God is doing. I believe you almost got overwhelmed with volunteers, didn't oh, That was a it's, great it's problem lesson, it's a It's fabulous. Amen. Share grateful. Grateful. fabulous. Grateful.
4: My name is Kim Orleman. This is my husband, Duff. We've been coming here for, we were trying to figure out a little oh, over yeah. a year, maybe. Um, prior to that, eight years ago, God called me to do homeless ministry um, through a friend that's going to be talking next, Jim Turner. Um, and he mentored me, he and his wife. And I did that for a few years. I owned a shop over on 125, And one day I just felt the Lord's spirit say, what are you doing in your backyard? And I wasn't doing anything in my backyard. I was going downtown every week. Um, So I looked at the girl that worked for me and I said, I feel like God wants me to sell the shop. Bless his heart. I got a great husband. He, I I didn't even call him. And she said, let me call my husband. So I pulled the number out. 10 minutes later, she said, we'll buy the shop. You're free to go. So God started working. And if you're available and you say yes, holy moly, get on board for a ride. It is such a ride. But we started praying about where God wanted us to serve. And I was laying in bed one night. And in Claremont County, oftentimes the homeless camps are dispersed. So you can't really find a big group of homeless people. Um, And he gave me a name of a pastor that I had known many years ago and they had just bought a property up across from Bella Vista, which I had never heard of, which has hundreds of low-income apartments. And I called him and I said, can I, can we come and set up in your parking lot? And he said, Kim, we haven't even opened. We haven't even moved in. And I said, I don't care. So using Jim's training, I, people, people kind of laugh because I said, I got an igloo cooler full of chili. I got pickle buckets for him to sit on and we have a canopy and that's what we did in February. Wow. So we started a ministry. It's been going almost five years, five years this February, um, started with 10 people. We have served up to a hundred on Monday nights, 150 on Monday nights. And then COVID hit. Um, we started doing a drive through pantry and we were serving about 25 families. So roughly about a hundred people a week doing that. Now we're back serving in the building there and it's not just about feeding bellies. It's about feeding souls.
3: Amen.
4: It's, about, it's about building relationships between people so they can build a relationship with Jesus. Amen. And we have seen lives changed. We've seen healings. We've seen people getting saved. We've seen lives transformed. Um, so we do that every Monday night. And um, now we have started here the Maker's Mobile Pantry. And I am overwhelmed with the support we have had here. Um, We are serving about 75 families a week. We are finding more, so the need is great. And Jim and I were talking a brief minute, and it was, you know, all you have to do is be available and say yes. Amen. And we didn't know that's what Derek was going to be saying, just say yes. You don't have to have special skills. He'll use the skills you have. So we are grateful. And um, we are looking forward to partnering with Jim and Letha and doing a a thing on Thursday nights, which he's going to be talking about. And I said, the people that can't serve with us on Wednesdays can trade off and serve on Thursdays. Amen. There's room for all of us. That's
1: right. Amen. God bless. Give it up for this ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. The only way that you could not be involved in anything that's going on, you'd have to be deaf and blind brain dead because in reality as long as you can hear and as long as you can see and as long as you can feel you can play a part in this amen amen, amen. so this is an exciting time for the church and uh, my dear brother here the turners and his precious wife I got introduced to them about I don't know nine years ago I think it was brother and that on I playing a bass guitar on the back of a trailer down the center of the city while he was giving out hot dogs So that was my introduction. Come on up, guys. Give it up for the Turners. Praise God. Hallelujah. And this is Bridge the Gap Ministry. Many of you will know that they started here in Cincinnati and they turned the city upside down. Some of the people they prayed for and we saw, we think, God is going to take a miracle. But they laid hands on them and guess what? The miracle happened. And, you know, and it's also come with cost and tragedy. Let me tell you. This couple's been through the fire with their family and circumstances, but you know what? They've never given up, and they keep on pressing through. God took this man from building coffins to raising souls. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, brother, share with us what God is doing now as you come back to Cincinnati. Amen. And, and everything we share, you guys are partners with. You
5: guys have been partners with us for over seven years. So I wanna thank you so much for your faithfulness and your partnership with us. You know, God is not looking for your excuses and God is not looking for your impressive resume. But what God is looking for today is, he's looking for your yes. He's looking for your brokenness. He's looking for your availability. And what Bridge the Gap is all about is about bridging the gap between the church and the lost what it's all about it's about mobilizing the body of christ to fulfill the great commission why because i believe that we are a going church for a coming lord god has sent us back to the tri-state to mobilize the greatest army that this world has ever seen in the tri-state and we're about ready to go into the gutters We're about ready to go into the highways. We're about ready to go into the byways. We're about ready to go to the homeless, the drug addicts, the prostitutes, and we're going to take this city back for the glory of God. Come on. We're going to take this city back. We're going to take over the parks. We're going to take over the crack houses. We're going to take over the bars. Is anybody ready? God is looking for your yes. I made caskets for 20 years. I welded and I made over a million caskets. And it was there on that casket line that God came to me. He began to give me visions of getting outside of the four walls of a church. He began to give me visions of preaching to thousands of people in the inner cities. And I'm just from the cornfields of Indiana. But God was looking for my yes. And it was there on that casket line 15 years ago, I said, God, I'm not very educated and I'm not very talented, but God, if you can use me, here I am. Before you knew it, me and my wife and our children, four children at that time, one son, three daughters, we begin to come down to Cincinnati five days a week with chili and hot chocolate. Third street, my heart was broken. I knew nothing about the homeless ministry. I didn't know where we were going to go. I didn't know how we were going to reach them, but I knew that God called me to do more than just go to church. He was calling me to be the church. And we said yes to God, we started coming down here and five days a week, we were serving chili and hot chocolate, preaching the gospel. Before you knew it, hundreds of homeless people were down there every night waiting for us to pull up. We would feed them and clothe them, preach the gospel to them, lay hands on them, cast out devils if they manifest. God did great things. Amen? Amen. Ten years we were in Cincinnati. We went after the ones that nobody wanted, and God gave us the one that everybody wanted. Over 67 NFL players, big dudes like your pastor here, started coming down and serving with us. Multi-dollar millionaires, city officials, judges. I, we served in Cincinnati for 10 years, did over 2,000 street outreaches. Preached to over a half a million homeless people, and to this day, I have not had one city permit to do it. I had the Great Commission, Mark 16, 15 through 20, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And then, before you knew it, we took over the biggest crack house over in Cincinnati. 1818 Vine Street was where you would go to get drugs and guns. And the cops went in, they raided the building, they arrested everybody, they boarded it up. Two days later, we took possession of that crack house and we turned it into God's house. Five days a week, homeless, drug addicts, pimps, drug lords, prostitutes, from wall to wall, from wall to wall would come to get a lunch. But before they got the bread, they got the true bread. I preached to them, we loved on them, we built relationships with them and seen hundreds of them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Rescued hundreds of them from the streets. But it was when we made a decision that God's called us more than just go to church, he's called us to be the church, amen? Then God began to break my wife's heart for the women that were on a street corner selling her bodies for $20. We did not know how to reach women that were trapped in sex trafficking. We didn't know where they were, what we were gonna do when we went there. But we knew that God called us to make a difference in our city. So we said yes to God once again. We had plenty of food, plenty of volunteers. So we begin to hit the street corners where they were out there. And one by one, we begin to rescue them from the streets. It's, it's calculated that we rescued over 60 women from the streets that were selling their bodies, amen? Many of them joined our team and began to go back out to the same streets to help us rescue other women. Can I tell you something? God will move when we move, amen? God says, well, people says, I'm just waiting for God to move. I come to tell you, God's waiting for you to move. And then God began to burden our hearts for the children that were running around in the hood and in the projects, trailer parks, running around in their diapers with a five year old sibling being her babysitter. And God broke our hearts once again. We didn't know how we were gonna reach them, but we knew God called us to do something. So we just began to go out to the trailer parks and apartment complexes. Before you knew it, we led thousands of children to Jesus Christ, teaching them God's word. Before you knew it, we were in 15 places every night, reaching 1,700 people for the glory of God, amen? 10 years that went on, and then God said, I want you to leave it all behind after our son was murdered, that's another story. Some of you guys know it, but seven years ago, we came home to find our son shot to death in our basement. We made a decision that we were not going to quit, we were not going to throw in a towel, that we are going to make the enemy pay for that. We are going to plant inner city ministries all over America, amen? And God said, go to Phoenix, Arizona. I didn't know anyone in Phoenix, Arizona, but five years ago, we said, once again, we said yes to God. We moved there in the first 30 days, God gave us a bigger platform than we ever had in Cincinnati, 10 years here. 30 days there because we said yes to God, because what you're willing to walk away from determines what God will bring to you. We just said yes to God, we moved 2,000 miles away, and God gave us a bigger platform in one month. We were preaching, feeding, ministering over 700 homeless people on the streets in the first 30 days. Then God gave us bikers. We took over the whole street. Then God gave us a bar. In Cincinnati, God gave us a crack house. But in Phoenix, Arizona, he gave us a bar. For 20 years, it was a bar. People came to get drunk here. But we took it over, turned it into a church, started busting the homeless. And where people came to get drunk, they're now coming to get saved. They're now coming to get healed. They're now coming to get delivered. They're now coming to be destroyed. Disciples of Christ, because we said yes to God. Then two years ago, God said, I want you to rescue homeless pregnant women. And once again, we said yes to God. Somebody bought us a quarter million dollar home. One of your friends gave us the first $50,000. Here we are two years later, rescued over a dozen homeless pregnant women and several single mothers with children because we said yes to God, amen? Amen. We just bought, I got five minutes left. I'm doing great. And you took one of my minutes. I'm going to redeem that back. No, just kidding. God, we just bought our dream home in Phoenix, Arizona, 11 months ago. We finally got our home after not owning a home in 18 years. We've been busy doing the kingdom work, it wasn't really a priority but God gave us a home, we paid 10 payments on it. God told us uh, six, seven weeks ago, I want you to sell your home and I want you to move back to Cincinnati. I got another work for you to do. I didn't even put it on the market, sold it for over $80,000 more than what we bought it for. God said, I want you to return to Cincinnati because I have called you, I have chosen you, I have anointed you, and where you labored for 10 years, where you and your wife labored for 10 years, and then you left for a season and allowed others to water it. God said, now is time to return to Cincinnati to reap the harvest that I'm about to give you. Amen? Amen. God said, I want you to plant community outreach centers all over the greater Cincinnati, on both sides of the bridges. We're about ready to take over the tri-state, amen? God said, I want you to start an inner city school of ministry. And I want you to raise up hundreds of indigenous leaders, people that came off of the streets. God said, I want you to raise them up, equip them, and release them back into the mission field. And about a month ago, this church handed me $10,000 check to get us started. And I come to tell you today, I am so grateful that you handed me a $10,000 check to win people for Christ. But what I need more Than just you handing me a check is what God is wanting today is he's wanting not only the check that you handed, but he's wanting your hands. The hands that gave us the check is the hands that we need to go back to the highways and the byways. I got it sitting in the bank right now. We ain't spending none of it because I need you too. We're about ready to strategically take over the greater Cincinnati area for the glory of God on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. We are hitting Hamilton and Fairfield hard. You wanna be a part of that? There's gonna be a number for you to text, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, on Thursdays, right here every Thursday starting December 2nd. We are gonna come here, we're gonna pray in the Holy Ghost and then we're gonna go to the streets of Cincinnati, and we're gonna give the enemy a headache. We're gonna take your $10,000, we're gonna take your hands, we're gonna pray over them, and then we're gonna hit the streets for the glory of God. Who's ready to go to the streets? I said, who's ready to go to the streets? Why, because we are a going church. For a
1: coming, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody getting excited yet?
2: <laughs>
1: Praise God. Oh, yes. Also, there's a meeting with the Turners, my right, your left, after church today, so that you can get involved. Now, there's something for everybody i'm coming because i'm interceding i'm coming because i can give finances i'm coming because i'm going to be boots on the ground remember that okay we can all do something amen you know what this is what the church is about these four walls should be the least important thing in our lives amen the least important one of the classic statements i heard through COVID was when things get back to normal, we will be okay. And I'm thinking things are never gonna be back to normal. And we're gonna be the called out ones, we're gonna be the sent out ones. And somebody joked this morning, You know, we are talking about changing the seating in here to three rows and somebody said, well, I've been in that seat for 30 years, I can't move that. And And I got what they were saying. You know, we have got to get used to the abnormal. Because we're not normal or we shouldn't be, Over the kingdom of God, but you know, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Amen. Amen. So, the next couple I'd like to introduce to you is Jeffrey and Karen Beth Hakes, who we have uh, supported for several years. You know, it's very hard to define their ministry, but I would say it's a prophetic ministry to the body of Christ and with a Middle Eastern context for several years. But you know, one thing that I appreciate about this couple was when Israel and the rest of the world shut down and couldn't get back in, next thing I see this couple's getting into the Amish community (laughs) and revival's breaking out with the Amish. And I thought, you know, you reposition, you repurpose, you get a new strategy and you head out again. And, And I just love that the way that we can adapt and move. So I'd love you guys to come on up and now give them a hand as they come up together. Hallelujah. We had the privilege as men yesterday of sitting under our brother's teaching and we had 33 men turn up yesterday, blew the walls out of the house. So we took on the deck and we crowded it out and we had an incredible time of ministry together. And so I love this brother. He's traveled the globe and some of the places he's been, God told him to take a great big old Harley and travel the full length of Turkey praying in police stations and with people, so guess what, he trained, he ran, he's not the biggest of guys, so you imagine one of those at a hundred degree temperature with the leathers on, I, I can't imagine it, but God called him and there was a shift in the spirit realm as he prayed through the nation of Turkey, so that's one small story, but brother, share with us, will you, God bless thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, it's a super
6: big honor to be here, especially on Mission Sunday, wow, love Mission Sunday. Um, and especially to be here in a place that supports us. Thank you. I can't tell you how much that is uh, an important part of our background in finance and in prayer and um, in love. I'm from upstate New York, where poverty was was my inheritance. Um, I don't know how you feel about hand-me-down clothes, but I still have a hard time going to a secondhand clothing store because hand-me-down clothes were all I wore and uh, poverty seemed to be my inheritance and and my future for me. But God, don't you love sentences that start with, but God, God slipped in a t-shirt that said on it, Mozambique Gun and Travel Club. I was a young teenager and I didn't know anything about Mozambique, couldn't have found it on the map. Who would have thought that eventually I'd spend seven years of my life in Mozambique in the bush, almost seven years where we planted a church we're involved in leadership development and taught in a Bible school there. We flew from Mozambique once to our daughter's graduation in America. And while we were gone, little Jersey, one of our little girls in our in our little community church, Jersey got malaria and died. The church didn't have money to, to pay for her, her medical bills, so they started adding up. They pay, they make you pay to put a person in the morgue. And the bill grew and grew and grew until. The morgue called these people in the church while we were in America, these illiterate, unemployed people that God had shown His love in a church that we planted in Mozambique. The morgue called them and said, you can, you can erase your debt because your little girl just walked out of our morgue. That's what God can do. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. That's important for you to know now. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. We had a surprising shift, didn't see it coming. In 2007-ish, the Lord began to call us away from Africa, Our hearts had been so connected to Africa since 1993, when we first moved our young family to Africa. But in 2007, the Lord called us up out of church planning and leadership development into Jerusalem, Israel, of all places, and into a house of prayer. There are many houses of prayer around the world, but we were called to join a house of prayer in Jerusalem, Israel, where 24 hours a day, seven days a week, people from around the world are giving praise and worship and praise and worship and intercession to god so we went from the hands-on front lines work of ministry to the war room right the war room and i'm so excited you have this deploy program that has it on it has it going on exactly right where you have people with boots on the ground while people are here in this room praying and worshiping and praying and worshiping praying and worshiping what lies ahead for the church must be grounded not just in the earnest determination of the people of God who start as doers, right? But then from this place of, wow, even as the enemy comes in like a flood, I am lifting my eyes up to the throne of God and worshiping him. And from that, the flood is going out and people's lives are being changed. So I just want to bless and fan the flames of intercession and the, and and the, the intersection of worship and prayer and mission. What does it look like on the foreign field? Well, since 2008, before 2008, of course, we were just in Africa. But then since 2008, we've been in Israel, Egypt, Turkey, Wales, Scotland, Korea, Japan, Hong Kong, Alaska, Bolivia, Chile, New Zealand, Canada, and all across the United States, following the voice of our beloved. In each of these places, worshiping and praying, like when I went in Turkey on that motorcycle, I had a had a guitar strapped right to the front of the bike. In each town that we were trying to find on the map, towns that there were zero believers in, zero. It was the zero zone. Turkey still today is the, is the one country with the least number of believers of anywhere in the world. We would go into each of these cities, each of these cities, each of these towns in the mountains, and pray and worship. We knew we couldn't share the gospel with our mouths, but we know that Jesus is himself the great evangelist. Amen? Here's what happened in one town, in Izmir, Turkey. During a time of extended worship, the wife of the Imam of the the mosque near to the house of prayer came and knocked on the door. She said, hi, you don't know me, but..." I'm from the, the mosque down the street. She said, I don't know what to do because I just had what I think was a vision. A man in white with holes in his wrists was in our house. What do you think I should do about that? The gates of hell shall not prevail against our God and his church. We have had for a while an apartment in the West Bank. You can see six mosques from the, the porch of our of our place. We left there in early 2020 to go on what we thought would be six weeks to the United States. Ooh, but COVID, <laughs> but COVID. Well, COVID's impact in the natural is to shut down, right? To divide, to isolate, to cut people off. It's almost as if the devil himself is trying to slow down the advance of heaven's flag. Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. I have installed my king in Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today, I've become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession. Jesus flooded by the masses in response to his crusades. He turns to his team and he says, you guys, look at these white fields. Look at these people coming hungry. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would literally hurl forth laborers. I tell you what, that's on the heart of all of us here in this front row this morning. We're saying God use whatever it is that we have to say to hurl forth laborers into this harvest field for the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. With an awareness drawn by Jesus to these fields, I want you to keep your eyes enthroned on the one enthroned in heaven. Even amidst the rising crescendo of chaos, now blasting through your internet blasting through your cell phone blasting through your TV screen with that rising voice of chaos I want you to tune it down and keep your eyes fixed on the one enthroned in heaven who laughs it is a time for joy to mark our days it's a time for joy to mark our vision for this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to all nations and then The end will come. I know there are some of us who are really excited about the return of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you what, that's awesome and real. And it is a cause of joy. But it's not going to come until the gospel of the kingdom has been preached to all nations. Why aren't you returning? And he's like, because I've entrusted you with reconciling all of this to me. You have a part. You have a part. You have a part. You have a part. If I can have a part in my secondhand clothes and my little Mozambique t-shirt, you can have a part in changing the world and ushering in the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He raises us up out of the ashes to seat us with him in heavenly places. He's coming. He's coming. Can you believe it with me? He's coming. But first, Coffee. Have you seen these shirts or mugs? But first coffee. I sat down to go over my notes again this morning. I've written up three messages. This is my third message for this morning. The Holy Spirit was like, "Nope. Nope. Nope." I sit down this morning and he says, "But first harvest." <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho! I like that t-shirt. But first harvest. Let me talk to you about the harvest that's coming. It is an unprecedented harvest. have any idea the harvest that's happening now? Let me tell you how I know that it's now. In 2014, jumping ahead in my notes here, 2014, I had a dream. I'm a dreamer. That's my inheritance according to scripture. In these days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. The old man will dream dreams. Apparently, I'm old enough to get some dreams. So I dream dreams. I had a prophetic dream in which a man whom I understood in the dream was the prophet Bob Jones came and gave me the keys to his old Dodge Ram pickup, and I drove off in his Dodge Ram. I had no idea what that was about. I didn't know anything about Bob Jones. I had to look up and dig into the, find out who he was, and this is what I found out, that he had a prophecy in 1976 that basically says this, when the people from the far east, this is 1976, When the people from the Far East join in the worship with the youth in Kansas City, by looking at the TV screens on their wrists, you will know that the billion soul harvest has begun. I've come to understand that I've been entrusted with a part to play in this billion soul harvest. I've gone and had prophetic word from people after people, people, nobody that knew me, speaking to me, wow, you have a, a, a big role in the coming harvest. You have a big role in the coming harvest. I'm here to make sure I'm I'm deputizing you in this great harvest. I was casting a vision February 2nd from our apartment in the West Bank. I was casting a vision to the publishing the the manager of publishing in forerunner publishing in kansas city it was february 2nd 2020 i was casting a vision for the first time of the incredible number that i felt like god had entrusted to me in a year of praying about ministry one particular aspect of ministry i felt the lord had asked me to believe for 30 million souls 30 million souls i had never dreamed of something that big but After years of interceding, literally a year of interceding about this one particular thing, I finally believed and had the courage to write to this publisher and say, I believe the Lord is asking me to believe for 30 million. She received that in Kansas City, although she wasn't wasn't attending to her email at that time because she was watching the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was going right on right then, and Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl at the same time that I sent her that letter. That letter, in that letter I sent to her, about 30 million souls, I said, I believe that this is connected to Bob Jones' prophecy about the billion soul harvest. The next day, the director of Sukkot Halal, the 24-7 house of prayer in Israel that we we volunteer at, sent out a prophetic word. He said, I don't know if you noticed, but yesterday the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and Bob Jones had said in the mid-80s this... When the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and win, this will be a signpost of the billion soul harvest and a sign that God will raise up his apostolic chiefs in all spheres of influence. Hallelujah, God. just gonna move away from my notes because we've got two minutes left and I don't want you to stay the same. I want you to know what's on the heart of God as he's preparing to come first bride because most of the planet is not his bride and it's not gonna be a happy day for them. The day of the Lord is a, a great and terrible day. Who can welcome that day? It will be a day of slaughter for the majority of the planet, except for your part and my part. God is doing amazing things in Muslim nations, in Israel as well. I don't know if you know it, but something's happening underground personally interacting with some of the heads of the art I do I do prophetic artwork and in in writing for the secular art society in Israel I had to share at one point a vision I had of Christ on the cross in the exchange of my wounds for his wounds his healing for my sin and the transformation of my own life and what happened was I was a little concerned about how to share that with these these are straight-up Jewish people, you know? And so I was sensitive as I shared this painting with them and the message behind it, and they said to me, you have no idea how open to this concept we all are. This is firsthand. With the the agency that scanned the Dead Sea Scrolls, God is doing something, amazing things, and it's time to rise up and leave it all on the field. It is time to rise up and leave it all on the field. I'm gonna turn it over to, to your football man. But run with us to win, run with us to win. Hold nothing back, sell whatever you have to buy the pearl of great price. For he's coming soon.